0: Welcome to the Remarkable Relationship Show with Mercy Russell, where we find the wonder in your story. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 35 years of experience applying the science of relationship systems to my practice of psychotherapy and leadership consulting. My intuitive skills allow me to bring clarity and vision to your challenges. I hope you will be surprised in the next hour. Good morning. This is Mercy Russell with the Remarkable Relationship Show. My goal is to bring a fresh perspective to you on all things related to how humans develop their individual brilliance while navigating the excitement, stickiness and resistance in their relationships. In my 40 years of working as a psychotherapist and consultant, I have been continually amazed at the ways in which people overcome challenges. I hope to share my experience and insights so you can find the magic in your relationships. My hope in this show is to answer questions and challenges you are facing in your relationships. There are several ways you can ask me a question you can send me a question by email at mercy at leadershipwithmercy.com. This gives you anonymity, since I will not share the identity of the listener asking the question. I often disguise the identity of the listener by changing details while addressing the problematic dynamic. My answers will be available during the live show, as well as on the KKNW Podcasts and the KKNW YouTube channel for my show. In addition, I post transcripts of the shows on my website, leadershipwithmercy.com. Eventually, I hope that we'll have a call-in segment and that you can call in and I can answer your questions directly. Please don't be shy about asking questions. I recognize that it can take courage to call into a radio show, especially about personal matters. I have rarely heard a unique dilemma. Your question will help other people listening to the show. Plus, this allows me to know what interests you. I'm interested in all corners of human behavior and relationships, so I need your help to know how I can address What troubles and intrigues you? Eventually, I hope to have listeners call into the show. I am excellent on the spot, knowledgeable and intuitive. It's in a way it's my it's a superpower. I have as a listener. I get so much more when I'm listening to a a show and a call in show. I get so much more from a conversation between a host and a caller. Now, today I will be talking about friendships and politics. A listener wrote in asking about her reluctance to talk about politics with a good friend. She knows this friend is on the other side in his political views. She does not believe that either she or her friend can be persuaded by the other. And therefore wants to avoid the unpleasantness of the inevitable conflict at the same time she's troubled because she feels that there's an elephant in the room and that fundamentally she's not really being honest and uh, sharing herself as a true friend now i feel this is such an important topic many people today are faced with this dilemma Not only in their friendships, but also in their families with parents, brothers, sisters and children in marriages with coworkers and in the workplace, never mind in coffee shops, on the golf course and in churches, synagogues and temples. Voices in the media are threatening violence in the streets and the civil war. This puts many of us on edge. Do I have to take sides? Is a middle ground even possible now? I have held for a long time, and this probably comes from you know, the 70s, and um, you know, so training, there was really very his, uh, sort of classic, historic peace training done um, by the American Friends Service that my grandmother um, exposed me to. And I've really held the belief that what matters most is the one-to-one open relationship and that the greatest influence I can have is in the quality of my personal interactions with others. If I can have a one-to-one, heart-to-heart personal relationship with another that's based on life dimensions in which we have a mutual or shared interest, I can avoid the emotional polarization from that person that might be derived from different political views or social identities. Then a friend challenged me. He said, that's not enough. We need to challenge their assumptions. And work toward persuading for change if we are going to be able to prevent a breakdown of civil discourse and a civil war. Now, to me, that sounds like activism, protests, marches, and antagonism. I don't really know what he thought the answer was or how to go about doing that. Um, I know that what he expressed he and I are you know have similar views was that the portrayal of the views of quote our side uh, are really mistaken and that most people are not as extreme as they're portrayed to be in their beliefs by the voices that are in the media so and I've never really been a marcher or a protester it just, fundamental and I don't I you know support and applaud people who when great strides have been made in social action that way and I think there are many people on both sides now who um you know are feel very compelled to act in that direction Um, but it, it, in a way it just isn't in my nature to oppose another I was brought up in a um, well, I might call it a bipartisan family. And my parents encouraged all of us to develop our own opinions and beliefs and to have open dialogue with each other about it in a civil way, they really believed in the what they call the two party system, and that it was really important. Both points of view were important in the development of our and um, our life, our social life. <clears throat> so. I've always, it just never really made sense to me to go against the other. And that's not to say that there isn't a time and a place for that. And quite frankly, I feel powerless to make a difference beyond the personal level. Even my sister, who is a legislator, wonders how much of a difference she can make in this environment today. Um, I, you know, I always say, well, I, you know, what I do in my work, that I can't see that I can really have an impact, but I think, well, she's got the job that can. And at the same time, she, coming from the same background as me, has had to struggle with the polarization that we're facing today. And in the news, I hear more about court battles than I do about community action or Communities where people are coming together and finding common solutions. So this leaves me feeling somewhat help helpless. Now, <clears throat> as I was thinking about all this, then I remembered that three years ago I joined an organization called Braver Angels. Uh, Braver Angels is a nonprofit organization that has been hosting and moderating dialogues that started between reds and blues that was the first polarization that they really addressed in their efforts they have many online events a podcast book groups campus events and even a documentary about the development of their work and this is how they describe themselves we are a national we are a national movement to bridge the partisan divide we're equally divided between conservatives and progressives at every level of leadership in, within their organization. Our strength comes from our members, and most of our work is done by patriotic volunteers. If you're heartsick about the rancor tearing us apart, if you believe your opponents should not be your enemies, if you believe America's best days can be ahead of her, you need braver angels, and we need you. Well i found this inspiring and i told my friend about this group um he was still skeptical that just listening would make a difference because that's what We'll talk a little bit more about it but that's what braver angels does it sets up a dialogue and the point is that that people from very you know polarized points of view hear each other and hear each other more in depth to understand why someone holds such a different point of view on these issues than they do and they they have group uh events where they'll have 10 people on from either um either side across the table talking to each other but they have a number of other formats one of which is a one one one-on-one conversation you can sign up to be paired with someone different from you and the The differences that they uh, offer for you to explore are the red-blue difference that we have in our country today, intergenerational, you know, from older generations to younger generations, rural versus urban or suburban, and then racial and cultural differences. An important feature of the Braver Angels conversation is the guideline for a structured conversation and this is really part you know my the focus of my talk today how do you talk across these divides i've learned as a group and family therapist how valuable it is to structure participation of the individual in a group so that each person has an equal amount of time to speak without interruption and when i first started doing this i the first uh i started a small group ministry in my church we sat with a timepiece and seems a little rigid but it really gives everybody an equal chance to participate and then instead of responding to what someone else says with feedback or discussion the listener tells the speaker what she heard him say this is called reflective listening this allows each person to know they were heard or to clarify you know to know that they were heard or if they didn't feel that they were heard to clarify what they meant to say In this situation, it is important that each person avoid comparisons or generalizations about the other side. No, quote, big government liberal or, quote, anti-immigrant conservative types of statements or, um, uh, yeah, in their conversation. Then the pair discuss their common ground and possible strategies to address the difference. What really struck me was this testimonial on the Bra- on the Braver Angels website about two people who had participated in one in these one of these one to one conversations. "Quote my con- my con- this is from uh, Brenda Murphy uh, who describes herself as a conservative. My cons- conversation partner and I found that through our discussions." Framed by the Braver Angels guidelines, we could rationally and reasonably consider sensitive topics and consider possibilities for joint actions to resolve them. As we shared and listened to one another, we agreed that we the people can frame the conversation instead of media and politicians so that we can develop avenues of action on topics that currently divide us so deeply. It was quite amazing. We've decided to try to meet once a month to get to know each other better and to continue our conversations and encourage others to do the same. What intrigued me about this testimonial was that once the pair could identify their common ground, they could begin to discuss action steps that would address the issues they both cared about. As my friend said when he challenged me, perhaps it's not enough to change your heart. Now, I wanna say my spiritual mentor might disagree with that, by the way. But perhaps bringing that change of heart into our manifested reality through action and solutions as important and possible. So there will be a link to the Braver Angels website in the show notes for today. Um, when I first signed up before COVID, I was living in California. The only events were in the evening two hours away. For listeners in the Seattle, Washington area, there are many events. Some are online, which is one of the benefits that have come from COVID. I encourage you to check out the types of events, the documentary, and the podcast. So I think it's time for a break. And this is Mercy Russell with the Remarkable Relationship Show. Today, we're talking about politics and friendships, and I'll be back after the short break. Hi, tune into my new show, The Remarkable Relationship Show, with me, Mercy Russell. I bring a fresh perspective on all things related to how humans develop their individual brilliance while navigating the excitement, stickiness, and resistance in their relationships. Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. And you can visit my website at leadershipwithmercy.com. Real people, real life, real radio. Alternative Talk, eleven fifty. Hello, this is Mercy Russell with the Remarkable Relationship Show. Um, today, I'm talking about politics and friendship, um, and this is a based on a question that a listener sent in. And I, again, I'm. We'll repeat this at the end of the show. But for those who are just tuning in. I'd love to encourage you to send in questions and you can send them in through the radio station. You can also send them in to me at Mercy at leadershipwithmercy.com. And um, I'm really interested in what you're facing and what your challenges are and any commentary that you have on this show or any others that I present so today i'm talking about politics and friendship and i've just been talking about um just my thinking about is it even possible to have these conversations and i've talked about an organization called braver angels that has a mission to help people sit down and listen to each other and the their website is in the show notes so if you want to explore more about that you can now in In the meantime, I'd like to offer some guidelines about where you can start now in your relationships with friends and family who are on the other end of the spectrum. How do you approach political differences? Now, when the other person freely expresses their feelings about political events that are very different from yours, do you say something neutral? such as wow you're excited about that or as my friend said to me you get very worked up about this topic she was right and we owe and she and i always agree that what we are doing together as friends is more important than having a debate she teaches critical thinking and debate to high school students So in this instance, sometimes I'm really the problem because I get emotional. I probably hear a little bit more about that today, but I do get emotional when I actually start to talk about some of my opinions. Now, perhaps someday she and I could agree to a thoughtful debate because I really believe that she is um, even though she has her reflexive opinions, that she also values uh looking at things from different perspectives and open mindedness now another option is to say nothing this way you avoid confrontation <clears throat> and this, this is not always a bad thing particularly between friends or in certain social situations now the do- the downside of this is that your friend continues his vocal displays without knowing that you don't agree and this limits the depth and potential of your friendship um and it, it's interesting because it um it, it perpetuates a division in a way emotionally um it, there's just inside there's a standoff in a way and the other person really might not even know it because um because of your silence So silence is not always neutral. In fact, silence is often up to the interpretation of the person who is talking and and not hearing a response. Uh, And sometimes that interpretation is not what you mean to convey or what you would convey. So, you know, there's an upside. There's an upside socially to it, but there's also a downside. So another option that you know, I've been you know, sort of uh, talking about is to brave the conversation. Uh, and I'll talk more about that later. So this, when you agree to not talk about politics, sometimes, it's, again, I'm gonna say it's the easiest and wisest path. Many of us are actually not schooled or skilled in how to present a controversial point of view in a debate with someone who does not agree with us. So what could be thoughtful, and actually edu- educational for both people, just becomes kind of an emotional um, a batting case, you know, a, you know, batting between two people. I realized this recently when I was trying to talk to someone and found myself caught. In fact, I pulled out this this book that I <laughs> that i read in college as an english major called the art of rhetoric by aristotle and it's a little uh, thick to get through but the whole idea is that there is there are skillful and um you know uh con- and you know considerate ways to express at uh, different points of view and Another reason to not talk talk about politics is that sometimes the pleasure in a friendship can be best enjoyed when the focus is on things that you share and that you know both interests and activities. I would say it's okay to avoid conflict. I really am neutral about this because I think you have to look at your own situation and the particulars of the relationship. It's okay to avoid conflict, especially if the relationship does not require agreement. Many spouses do not see eye to eye on politics. Um, and a partnership, whether it's a business partnership with a marriage, often is basically a business partnership in some ways, w- with room for differences. When a partnership has room for differences, that can often be a healthier relationship. And sometimes keeping the social connection of a friendship can be more important to one's well being. And entering into the territory of opponents. So why brave the conversation? What are, what are good conditions for this? The value of braving the conversation is from my, in my thinking, in my point of view, is that number one, you might learn something. Um, you might see something from a different point of view. You actually could see your own biases more clearly. Um, and this has been something that's always intrigued me to be able to break through my biases. Um, it's always nice to think you don't have one doesn't have them, but um, uh, I don't think it's possible to not have them. <laughs> so you might learn something. You might learn some facts you didn't know about. Um, because of how you know because the information is so skewed in our media today so what's another value you will have a chance to practice and enhance your rhetorical skills doesn't you don't have to read aristotle to do that <laughs> but uh, you know to practice your ability to express your point of view in a persuasive and polite manner because i find that just having these conversations alone in my head doesn't allow me to really flesh out how I see things and what I believe. It's really when I'm responding to something that someone else said that I have the chance to think through more deeply why I feel the way I do. So another value is you have the opportunity to demonstrate that you can be trusted in your friendship. You can be trusted to respect your friend's point of view. You can be respected, you can be trusted to listen, to take your friend seriously without ridiculing, demeaning or disregarding his perspective, values and beliefs. Uh, You can be trusted to be honest about who you are, your values and beliefs, and to actively seek common ground in values and beliefs, to really try to do something constructive about this divide. So this being said, if this diet kind of dialogue is new to you, you you may be on a learning curve. And I think it's very important to acknowledge that. Um, uh, It it takes a lot of skill to enter these conversations, both psychologically, emotionally, um, and intellectually. So you can research and practice these skills if they're new to you and i know that if you google these particular i'm going to list skills that are taught in um, counseling in um you know in any kind of professional um, education that involves um working with other people and trying to understand how they think or trying to persuade so whether it's law or social work or psychology or medicine these are all important skills and if you're not already exposed to them or trained in them nowadays you can google these and you will find youtube videos you'll find really good you know training modules that are free that will demonstrate to you what these skills are and and give you ideas about how to practice them. So I'm going to list them. I'm going to list some skills that you might Google. One is active listening. This is um it's a particular skill. So you can Google the term active listening. Um, awareness of nonverbal communication, body language and facial expression. It's a fascinating field and there's a lot of interesting material out there clarity and conciseness how do you find just the right amount of words um not too much and not too little um friendliness how is friendliness conveyed again this is often with nonverbal expressions but also in how you choose to speak so friendliness is an important skill to convey it's an important uh trait to convey uh, or feeling to convey when you're trying to have a conversation with somebody empathy empathy is describing that you understand how the other person feels even if you feel differently it's very it's a very important basis often to many types of psychotherapy but um, it can often be important in that context of really listening to the other person and showing that you can be trusted Open-mindedness, um, respect, giving feedback. How do you give feedback? Um, and then the aspect of choosing the right time and the medium. Um, you know, do you, are you trying to do this on email, uh, texting? Uh, I really think is the inferior method. It's so so easy to misinterpret with texting any type of conversation. In person is really best to avoid misunderstandings. There's so much communication that happens between individuals. Now, if the antagonism is high, it may be better to start with writing where each person has the option to think through, to edit and um, to think carefully about how they wanna say something. And then when the person receives it, they have a chance to sit with it for a while and to listen. They don't have to respond right away. Um, if you know, What they read horrifies them. They don't have to worry that their facial expression is gonna turn the other person away. So it's really important to consider how you're going to communicate and when, what the timing is. I think it's always best to choose a time that's kind of neutral or quiet, not in the heat of the moment. Not when there's something else important or emotional going on. Not when there's been some incident, you know, in our political situation that has everyone riled up, but a quieter moment, if that's possible to find that. Now, remember, you will probably not get it perfectly the first time. You're not, you're not, you're going to, you're probably, you're going to make mistakes, right? And it could be awkward and you could stumble. So how do you start? If you to broach the conversation, first ask if your friend would be interested in discussing your differences, just to get to know each other better. So recently, a friend took this step with me. After a political event that I had strong negative feelings about, I met my friend and he began celebrating the event. Normally, I would have said something neutral or not said anything at all but I had been anticipating this and I had decided I knew that this would happen, that he, he would say something. And I decided that we had, we were close on many different levels, had a lot of shared interests. And I thought, okay, it's time for me to be more honest about who I am. I, I know he knew that I wasn't, you know, I, I came with a kind of a different leaning, but I didn't usually talk about it or that I had strong feelings about it. So when we got together and he started celebrating, I told him I had very different feelings and asked that we not talk about the event that day. Even if it felt like it mattered to him in the big picture, I said that between the two of us for what we were doing together that day, it did not matter. And I told him I felt I couldn't be open minded today. So after our activity, as we sat down to lunch, he asked me if I would be willing to share my feelings about the event, that he was interested not to discuss, but he just wanted to hear my, my point of view. So uh, even though a debate was loud in my head, I I was surprised. And I admi- admired his openness, which I hadn't seen before. I was surprised that he was really interested in my experience. I felt at that point that I could trust that he would respect me even though I knew he wouldn't agree with me so this is part of the advice don't debate or argue listen and reflect and manage your own reactivity you can say I hear you I'm listening I see it differently I feel differently but leave it at that so and I took him at his word and I told him how I felt and I really wasn't did not want to enter into a back and forth. Um, There were times when he tried to explain something to me and I talked over him. Um, And, you know, (laughs) but I grew more agitated. I didn't listen. And he saw this and backed off, just saying, I see it differently. I I had never expressed my feelings or point of view openly to him before. And I was still emotional from the recent event. My behavior is an example of what you might encounter if you open this conversation with someone who has kept their feelings and perspective from you to avoid the discomfort of conflict. So what I did do during this was to repeat to that friend how much I admired and respected him and that the emotions I was expressing were not about him personally or his point of view um i felt very uncomfortable after this lunch because of my own behavior i just was not accustomed to getting so emotional with someone in that situation that kind of situation um expressing such strong negative feelings in this way leaves me feeling off balance and out of control i went home and wrote an email acknowledging that i had talked over him and was not willing to hear his point of view I told him I usually enjoyed feeling curious and learning while hearing his point of view, even if I'm not persuaded, and that I hoped we could continue these conversations in the future. We'll see. The bottom line for me is that the quality of the personal relationship is more important to me than our political differences. Fundamentally, I believe we have similar values. Our differences are in how they're applied. We both want freedom. You know, we both want a sense of justice and fairness for people. But we have very different ideas about um, what curtails our freedom and what will give us freedom. Um, In Vanity Fair, Rachel Maddow recently talked about her personal relationship with Tucker Carlson. Uh, Rachel, as you probably know, these are you know, um, talking heads on very different ends of the spectrum. Despite the radical difference in, this, in their perspectives, they have maintained respect for each other and expressed warmth and congeniality when they see each other. They worked together in 2005 and have a foundation of a pro- professional relationship. They admire the skill of each other, even if they don't are on opposite ends of points of their, of their political opinions. If you're going to take on the brave conversation, be clear about the foundation of your relationship, whether it be a coveted family tie, sharing nieces and nephews, a shared professional life, community or partnership, a marriage, children, or a long and deep friendship. In my case, my friend and I have a shared interest in spirituality. We play a sport together and he has provided support and business coaching and made himself available when I needed a ride to a surgery. I respect and admire him and he has been a loyal friend. I hope we will be able to continue to talk about political and social matters about which we both care deeply more as a way of getting to know each other better than to better than to persuade each other. Plus if my biases prevent me from seeing the truth about political events, I figure at least I'll be forewarned. (laughs) So, um, I think it's time to take a break. This is Mercy Russell with the uh, Remarkable Relationship Show and we'll have a three minute break and I'll be back with the topic of politics and friendship. Roxanne Watson is on a mission to have more people sign up as organ, eye and tissue donors. What drives her? Roxanne received a heart transplant made possible by an organ donor. I decided that day to devote myself to signing up the most people in the United States. (laughs) That's my goal. Now she's a powerful force for good. What could you make possible as an organ eye and tissue donor? Leave behind the gift of life. Go to organdonor.gov. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Hi, tune into my new show, the Remarkable Relationships Show with me, Mercy Russell. I bring a fresh perspective on all things related to how humans develop their individual brilliance while navigating the excitement, stickiness, and resistance in their relationships. Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. And you can visit my website at leadershipwithmercy.com. Multicultural, multidimensional even. Alternative Talk 1150. Hello, this is Mercy Russell with the Remarkable Relationship Show. Today I'm talking about politics and friendships. So in the first segment, uh, I talked about an organization called Braver Angels. I encourage you to look at their website. The link is on the, in the show notes. And it's about an organization that brings together people from different points of view to listen and talk to each other in the second segment. I talked I gave some very different sort of advice or direction about how to think about whether or not to talk about to attempt to have a conversation with a friend about politics. Um, I think there are sometimes reasons not to, but there are times when you when it's appropriate and you want to do what I call brave the conversation. So to so in this segment, I'm going to continue talking about that and then about how it may affect your conversations with people who you are on your own on your side. Right. Um, So these brave conversations require that both people want to talk to someone with opposing views when the brave conversation is, you know, in people talking from different ends of the um, of the topic sometimes the closeness in certain family relationships or marriages makes it difficult to see and accept the other person as someone that is separate or different from ourselves it's just built into our nature to want to be in a togetherness and a sameness with people we're particularly close to And we assume that appreciation and respect for another person is based on our similarities. So what I have to say to that is that true intimacy is based in seeing the other person's individuality fully for what it is. Seeing them in all their differences. If you are, the way I think about it is if you're touching noses with another person, if you're that close to them, you you can't see their face. Try it. You'll see. You cannot see their face. You can't see who they really are. To see and to be seen, you need separateness, and you need some distance from the other. And I think that that's really important in terms of respecting the fact that people who are emotionally close to each other can still have differences. That's fundamental, important differences and respect those differences and love the other person with the differences. Now, if the other person is not interested in your point of view or not able to listen without debating it, I think it's best to agree to not talk about divisive issues. Um, I have a brother who has, I think, very different points of view from mine. I don't know what they are because we've kind of agreed not to talk about it. That doesn't mean that we won't ever. It just means that that's um, and I've heard stories of other people and family with family members, um, often from other generations who have very different points of view. And but that doesn't decrease the love and respect they have for that person. They just agree to not talk. If the other person, on the other hand, cannot control their expression of views, that happens sometimes too. Um, It is sometimes, you know, families are just used to being openly expressive with each other or French friends are, or there's some people who are very verbal. Um, Sometimes alcohol, uh, people are more expressive when they're, um, you know, under the influence of uh, alcohol or something that relaxes their inhibitions so when people can't don't control their expression of views knowing that yours is different it's really best to limit your contact to situations that require attention on more immediate matters a lot what i'm talking about with these political things are issues that don't really involve most of us on a day-to-day basis um, we may link our day-to-day experience with political issues, but in our day-to-day experience, you know, we're we're really in our own world. So you can really keep your focus on that. Often in relationships, or you can just reduce your contact with that other person. Um, you can uh, you, you know that perhaps that's avoiding. But there's a way to just sort of reduce or minimize or tailor your contact so that you aren't subjected to to someone who really uh, isn't interested in moderating their expression of their political views. In truth, even though politics can have a profound impact on our personal and social lives, each day we have choices about how we relate to each other. What values guide you in your choices? Now, as I was preparing for this episode, I was still at home in Arizona. Um, I then traveled back to Vermont, where I was for three weeks with family and old friends. I grew up there, um, so I have friends from my early childhood. I raised my children there. I have friends from 25 years of working and living in community in a community there. Um, and I w- so I was with family and these friends. Um, but I hadn't been back for three years since before COVID. And as we know, the political atmosphere has heated up in many respects. In Arizona, I generally do not talk about politics. I live in a neighborhood where most of my neighbors do not share my political leanings. The discussions I have mentioned with friends here are unusual for me. Uh, I generally don't uh, enter into these conversations with people and I stay calmer. And that's generally how most people conduct themselves here. I don't hear a lot of conversation in public about politics or people um, discussing things. Now in Vermont and with my family, I talk about political issues a lot, right? I tend to be with more like-minded people. And I had the chance to observe myself in conversations with these like-minded people. Interestingly, even though I talked a lot, I did not enjoy the like-minded bubble or the extensive what one-sided conversations, meaning, We were sort of just it was like we were all talking to the choir, right? We were all uh, making big arguments that we about things we agreed about. In fact, what really struck me after not having been in this atmosphere for so long, were, were the assumptions and biases of my own tribe? I felt as disturbed by extremist views on this side as I do by extremist views on the other side. Sometimes I felt like they have been wearing blinders and that they're insulated from the world and and from other points of view. In a book group, for example, there was a serious discussion. Can you really be friends with someone from the other side? And the women in this group, in their daily lives, they know few people from the other side when a friend there was an instance of a friend's sister who hung an american flag in front of her home and she was called a derogatory name from, uh, as if she was from the other side because she hung an american flag when she when she does not take that side she's a patriotic american i went as low as to get into an argument with a homeless with a black pregnant homeless woman standing in the middle of the road who accused me of being racist because i pointed out a sidewalk on the honest this deep narrow street for her safety even though i understood the nature of the situation and her situation i was startled to hear this social script thrown at me because i would have said the same thing to her if she were male or white uh, and so it really struck me how some of these um, kind of accusations, and I could see how somebody would say, how can you say that to me? Just because I'm looking out for you. It's not all about the color of your skin and mine. So part of the Braver Angels one-on-one exercise that I referred to before, when you have these one-on-one conversations with with guidelines for the conversation, There's one section where you speak to the other person about justifiable criticisms of your own side. Um, So the guidelines I've outlined are as useful for heated conversations within your own tribe. Maybe you wanna challenge people in your tribe if you feel like their views are out of touch or that they've been living too much in a bubble and they haven't had another point of view. What is your experience with difficult conversations with people about politics? What successes have you had? Have you lost friends? Have you gained friends? I invite you to write with, to me with your experiences with, and with your experience and challenges. Um, so this has been uh, the, it's interesting in preparing for this show and then in making this this um, trip from like you might say from one bubble to another um, I've had a number of conversations with people um, about this very topic and I was really quite surprised and heartened to hear a number of stories of people who have been braving these kinds of conversations with old friends. Um, And, uh, you know, and then there are, you know, some people who have been writing about their uh, efforts in their family or across generations with very different points of view. Um, So, I think that this is a very um, pertinent topic. Um, The divide that we have in our country is not a geographic divide. It's not a class divide. It's not, you know, we we aren't. um, we, We aren't our 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 separation is based on something really much more fundamental. But the important thing is how we try to navigate this. It's a difficult time in our society. Um, I live with the hope and the belief that it will, that the path through this difficult time will lead us to uh, a a way of living better, that what we're seeing now is just what I call pulling, pulling across the veil that what we're seeing are divisions that have been there for a long time. Um, There's a woman named Heather Cox Richardson who writes a letter, um, a daily letter called Letters from an American or something like that. She's a historian and she talks about how these divisions are embedded really in our culture and have been there for hundreds of years. But what we're seeing is the emergence of them at a particular time in our culture. And even though there are certain actors that we um, like to point to as being the blame, you know, we like to blame this person or that for creating this division, there's nothing new here. These really are old differences that we have had in our culture for a long time. Um, And I in a way that's reassuring because you can understand that we've gotten through some of these differences in the past. And that it's sort of like pulling out um, you know, uh, your dirty laundry, and then at least you can take it to get cleaned, right? So at any rate, I, um, I just want to say that I, um, I think this is a difficult and a tenuous time. Um, but the reason I think it's important to think about how you neg- how you navigate it in your relationships and in your friendships is really important because I think it's that fundamental respect we have for each other that we're aiming for, for the end result of this conflict that we um, are told is living around us. So um, at any rate, this is Mercy Russell with a remarkable relationship show um And I just want to emphasize again that my hope in the show is to answer questions and challenges you're facing in your relationships. Again, you can send me a question by email through the radio station or at Mercy at leadershipwithmercy.com. And this will give you anonymity since I will not share the identity of the listener and I often change details. So I can just talk about the essential dynamic. Um, My answers are available on the live show as well as on a a podcast on the KKNW website and on the KKNW YouTube channel. In addition, I post transcripts slowly, but they're posted eventually on my website, leadershipwithmercy.com. Um, And please don't be shy about asking questions. I recognize it can take courage to call into a radio show, um, but I've rarely heard something unique. Your question will help other people listening to the show. It lets me know what interests you so that I know what topics to talk about. And my goal is to have listeners call into the show. I'm really good on the spot. So this is Mercy Russell with A Remarkable Relationship Show. Um, I've been talking about politics and friendships today, and um, uh, I look forward to talking to you next week.